Hello, and welcome to the St. John's Podcast, the show that delves deep into the world of dermatology, where we bring you the latest research, stories, and innovations in the field of skin health. I am Madeline, your host for today's show. I'm a medical student here, part of the research team analyzing data from one of the projects at St. John's Institute of Dermatology. In today's episode, we are discussing AI and new findings in the world of chronic skin disorders with two authors on a systematic review, Dr. Alexandra Paulino and Dr. Sharon Ping Choi. Dr. Alexandra Paulino is a dermatology resident here at Guy's and St. Thomas's, and Dr. Sharon Ping Choi is an FY1 doctor who did a research placement here at Guy's and St. Thomas's over the summer. Hello, Ali and Ping. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk about your new systematic review, but I thought it would be good to first hear a little bit of background about you both, why you chose dermatology, your interests there, and maybe why you chose more specifically to go into research. Thank you so much for having us on the podcast, first of all. So Ping, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself first? So what brought me specifically to the world of dermatology was as a child, I had eczema um, throughout my childhood and I found that it had quite a lot of mental health effects. It would affect my sleep at night. I'd constantly be scratching and also made me a bit self-conscious when I was at school with my classmates and things. So I was always quite interested in dermatology because my dermatologist helped me a lot as a child and luckily the symptoms have gone away now. But I found after coming to medical school, we didn't have that much exposure to dermatology. So I was very lucky to have the opportunity to come for the summer to St. John's to work on an AI psoriasis project and that made me more interested in derm and research. And so I'm Ali. I have a a slightly different story. I think I was was interested in dermatology at medical school had some really inspirational teachers there and that made me want to get more and more experience and the more I did the more I liked it so I'm a specialist trainee in dermatology at the moment at St John's Institute of Dermatology and throughout my training I decided to take some time out to do a fellowship in medical dermatology and this is an area of dermatology that focuses on the diagnosis and management of lots of different skin conditions but one of them in particular is psoriasis one of the things I wanted to do was undertake some research in psoriasis. So I was awarded some funding by the Biomedical Research Centre here at Guy's and St Thomas's, and also from King's College London. And I've been looking at how we can utilise artificial intelligence to assess severity of psoriasis based on photographs of people's skin. The main driver for wanting to do this was... Firstly, because we wanted to try and develop a tool so we could more accurately assess psoriasis. When two clinicians look at someone with psoriasis, they often come up with different scores on how severe it is. So we wanted to try and do it better. And then the second catalyst came out of the pandemic. We weren't really able to see our patients face to face very easily. And lots of our work relied on telephone or video consultations with patients and we asked them to send photos in. So we wanted to be able to virtually assess how bad someone's psoriasis was. And I think this continues to be a necessity as well, especially because there's increasing demands on the health service and we have quite limited healthcare resources. So if we can try and do something more effectively, um, then we're interested in it really. So you talked a little bit about the role of dermatologists during the pandemic and the lack of face-to-face opportunities to see patients. There was a need for a tool to use to assess patient severity. And what did that really look like? 
I think during the COVID pandemic, um, there's a really huge opportunity to digitalize everything and it provokes healthcare at all levels to kind of have to improvise. For example, moving things to digital formats such as video consultations. So for me personally, during COVID, I was doing a research project which looked at remote patient monitoring for COPD. Remote patient monitoring can be things like wearable technologies and teleconsults and things. So through all these kind of digital solutions, there's an accumulation of a lot of different data and AI is a good tool to piece together all this information. A statistic that I always find quite interesting is that as doctors maybe would be able to see a patient for half an hour in a year, but with all the information that we're collecting remotely from patients' homes, that would be over 8,000 hours of data throughout a year. So it's just large accumulation. And in dermatology specifically, there are also rising trends for healthcare to be delivered virtually. Patients can share their concerns with doctors online via messaging platforms, video calls, and sending photographs of their skin. So these touch points all contribute toward fast growing resource of photographs, which also with the advances of computing capacity have opened a lot of opportunities for AI solutions. I really want to talk more specifically about the systematic review that you guys did, but I think what would be really helpful for our listeners is maybe a short explanation of what exactly AI is, kind of AI in a nutshell, if you will. I think AI has lots of different definitions, but essentially it's when computers perform tasks that normally require human intelligence. For example, using a large data set, it can make predictions just like humans would. Traditionally, what happens is AI systems are fed a large amount of data and they then use that data to carry out whatever specific task you want it to, essentially. And it's normally done with large data sets or in dermatology, lots of pictures of people's rashes or lesions on their skin. And the size and the quality of those data sets are really important in terms of how well it can carry out that specific task that you want it to. And then more specifically about your systematic review. So you looked at a huge number of articles and then kind of narrowed it down. I think the idea of a systematic review is kind of sometimes hard for people to understand what that exactly is. Maybe you could kind of explain that to to our listeners. Yeah, so um, how we do the systematic review is we try and come up with a very specific research question. And for us specifically, we wanted to understand how AI is influencing the diagnosis and management of skin conditions. So what we do is before we do the search of all the articles, you kind of come up with specific keywords. And the idea is it's a systematic way of looking at all the research that's out there at the moment. So in our systematic review, we had over 13,000 articles and you build specific criteria that you want. So just to kind of choose the most relevant articles and then have a deeper look into those. It's a way to make sure that you're looking at all the information that's out there and trying to answer something quite specific. In this specific case, what was your guys' research question and what were a couple of your goals for doing this systematic review? So the main question that we had was how well can AI algorithms firstly diagnose and then secondly assess the severity of different skin conditions? In terms of the skin conditions we looked at, we wanted to look at all skin conditions broadly across dermatology, but we essentially excluded 
skin cancers or anything that would fall under lesions because we really wanted to focus on those other areas in dermatology. There's a huge amount of work that's been done in the diagnosis of, of skin cancers and really this particular area that we looked at has been pretty neglected. So this was our chance to focus down on a more broad area of dermatology. So in terms of our key findings, I'm just going to let Ping just explain about some of those. We had a huge amount of data from our analysis and we had tried to group it together in different themes as best as we can. So we searched published articles that assessed how accurate AI-enabled analysis of photographs was in diagnosing and evaluating skin conditions, which included chronic inflammatory skin diseases such as acne, psoriasis, eczema, rosacea, vitiligo and urticaria. And we found that AI-enabled analysis of photographs could diagnose these skin conditions with a high degree of accuracy. And the AI analysis of photographs could also accurately assess the severity of skin conditions, including psoriasis, eczema and acne. However, there were quite a few key limitations I will hand over to Ali to talk about. Although, you know, when we first looked at the studies, they almost across the board reported very impressive accuracies of how well their algorithms could diagnose and sort of assess that particular skin condition. But when we looked in a bit more detail, there were some key limitations that we could draw out from the data. One of the main issues really was the quality of the data that the algorithms were trained on. And that really brought into question whether we could actually apply these algorithms in the real world setting. So a lot of the studies that we looked at were based on images from public databases, such as DermNet. And although public databases are really, really useful, the main problem with them is how well they're curated and whether they're actually representative of the target population that you're looking at. For example, a lot of the studies that we looked at didn't specify the number of photographs that they were trained on. They didn't mention the age, gender, or the skin type of the study participants and ethnicity was reported in less than 20% of the studies that we looked at. And amongst those particular characteristics, patients of darker skin types were underrepresented. And this is really important in dermatology. So for example, different skin conditions can look very different in different skin types. So if the algorithm that you're using has never come across a particular skin condition in a particular skin type, it would significantly impair its ability and its overall accuracy when you're using it in a different target population. Something that's also really important to look at is we looked when we're looking at all the quality of all the studies themselves and how they were conducted, we found that there was a huge amount of bias in the study. So 92% of our studies had a high risk of bias and 97% of those studies also had high level of concerns about how they could be applied in the general population. So there are some really important things that we need to think about when we think about AI and whether it can be applied in the real world setting. So what I'm hearing and what I got from reading your systematic review is that these programs are actually quite good at seeing severity and kind of evaluating the diagnosis of patients that there are some really severe setbacks and kind of limitations to using it in the real world. But do you see a future where this is solved and dermatologists are working really closely with AI? Or how close do you think we are from being replaced by AI in the medical setting? 
Yeah, so I think that's a good question. I think you know people may have different uh, views on it depending on sort of what their experiences are and sort of maybe what specialty they come from. But I think within dermatology and personally, I think there is a huge amount of potential for AI and for us utilizing AI both to support how we make decisions as clinicians, but also patient-directed support tools as well. I think despite the fact that it's very rapidly advancing field, we do need to approach with caution. Essentially, as we found from our review, the current evidence in terms of effectiveness of AI interventions in dermatology is quite poor. So we don't have very reassuring evidence to say that yes, it's ready to go and we can use it in clinical settings. At the moment, really, all the evidence seems to suggest that it's still very much in the experimental phase and more work needs to be done. So I don't mean to sound too pessimistic, but we do need to just be a little bit cautious about it. So I think at the moment on the market, there's lots of different smartphone applications that can help you classify or help you diagnose what your skin complaint might be. There are ones available that can help you monitor your moles to see if there's any changes in your moles and whether they're concerning at all. But they haven't really undergone rigorous testing and investigation. So we really need to be a little bit careful about how they're used at the moment. I think one of the things that's really helpful and that's been developed recently is there's an AI and digital regulation service, which is a collaboration of four different organisations in the UK. So the first is NICE, uh, so the National Institute for Healthcare and Excellence, then also the MHRA, which is the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, the Health Research Authority and the Care Quality Commission. And essentially those four organisations have come together to provide support and guidance about how we should be regulating and evaluating AI technologies. So hopefully that's going to bring a little bit more clarification both to clinicians and patients um, in terms of whether we can rely on these AI technologies and how safe they are really. No, it's good to have a regulating body kind of keep an eye on these things, especially I think a lot of people use these apps to try to see if their lesions are growing and it's good to be critical to think about, oh, is this really tested? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So just a word of caution for yeah. all of them. I think without being too pessimistic, we don't want to be too pessimistic, do we think? But I mean, I, I think it's just, it's nice to have a word of caution, but actually we are very excited about the potential opportunities that it can bring. I think it's got a huge potential to try and streamline how we work and hopefully bring about more effective care for patients. Yeah, exactly. Not to replace dermatologists, but to help. Exactly. Help the, exactly. Uh, yeah, the burden. Well, thank you both so much. Um, that's the end of kind of my questions, but do you have any other research projects that you're working on right now or? Yeah, so we're continuing to work on our own AI algorithm where we're trying to assess the severity of psoriasis. It's still very much in its early days, but we hope that developing our own tool and adhering all the things that we really found critical when looking at other people's studies, we'll be able to develop an algorithm that's really useful for our patients. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you both so much for coming and talking about your project and your systematic review. I think, I think it's really interesting for the listener and myself to learn a little bit more about AI and, and its role in dermatology. So thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you.